Well, today we start a new series, a new series about God's presence called God with us. We're going to look at, we're going to look at a powerful theological term called incarnation. And what that means is that God became flesh and dwelt among us. That's incarnation. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. That's why the image of baby Jesus in a manger is such a powerful image. Even just today, a guy came to the church, walked in the main doors, saw, saw the nativity scene we have set up, and started crying. Because that image of God becoming one of us is so moving and so powerful. That's the incarnation. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas, God with us. And so I want to start, I want to start service with the anchor verse, one of the anchor verses of incarnation and Christmas. And, and we're going to read it every week. Um, I'm going to start off in a couple of weeks. We're going to all read it together. Um, but this, this is going to be the anchor verse for the next four weeks during this Christmas series. It's Matthew 1.23, and it goes like this. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know, it's easy to believe that God is with us when things are going well. When we're on the mountaintop, it's easy to believe that God's with us when you get really good news, when you get that raise. When baby sleeps through the night, when you get that a parking spot at MOA, when you're convinced you're going to be up in the nosebleeds, and you find a really good close one, and you're like, yes, God is good, hashtag blessed. It's really easy to think about God, that God is good, and God is with us when things are going well. But what about when things aren't going well? What about when you get bad news? When you're hurting or lonely. When you're struggling with anxiety or depression. Is God really still with us then? Where is God's presence in moments like this? See, these are the valleys of life. These aren't the mountaintops. These are the valleys. And even right now, I know some of you, your hearts are heavy. Um, A a good friend of a number of folks here, um, a a young man lived in Milwaukee, Dan Tao. He passed away yesterday. Uh, He had a brain aneurysm, and it was sudden, and it was tragic, and it was heartbreaking. We have some folks who left to go be over there to see him one last time and and stay with the family. And, And so where is God in times like that? Where is God's presence in the holidays when those feelings of loneliness seem to get deeper and darker? Where is God's presence then? And that's what we want to talk about today as we kick off this series. Where is God's presence in the valleys of life? So as I thought about my life, and, and the truth is I haven't had a whole lot of valleys, a whole lot of really deep, dark times. I've had a few, a, a, a few sad times, a few dark times, 
And, and as I thought about one particular moment really stood out to me. I, I've shared before how my mom passed away about nine years ago. And if you were at our Novembering service, I shared a little bit about mom. And well, so about, about eight and a half years ago, I had a really dark winter night. You see, it, it had been maybe six, seven months since my mom passed, and I was really missing her that night. The pain was just, it was huge, it was enormous, it was overwhelming, and I started to cry. And once I started to cry, I couldn't stop. And I just kept crying. And I was longing to be able to, to hear my mom's voice, to, speak, to talk with her one more time. I pulled up old pictures I, I, I pulled up old videos. I even, I even found some old emails of hers just to read, to imagine her voice. All the time I was just crying. And not just like crying, crying. We're talking ugly crying. Like snot and tears and convulsion crying. And I just couldn't stop it. And I was getting tired and it was late. I decided to go to bed still crying and and as I, was, as I was getting ready for bed, a, a song came to mind. It was an old Jeremy Camp song, Give Me Jesus. And, and it goes, give me Jesus. You can have all this world. Just give me Jesus. And I sang that chorus over and over and over again, praying that God would meet me in my sleep. Praying that I would have something, an encounter, a dream, a feeling, a presence. And I literally fell asleep with Jesus' name on my lips. I'd love to say that I woke up having had a wonderful dream of sitting with Jesus in a meadow or an overwhelming sense of peace. But the reality is all I woke up with was puffy eyes and a sore throat. And I had one question on my mind. God, where are you? Where are you in moments like this? Where are you in the valleys? And how do we survive with our faith intact when we're in the valley? Well, I'm really glad we don't have to answer these questions on our own. Because Scripture actually talks a lot about the valleys of life. God is not afraid of our dark places. He knew that you and I, we, he knew that we would go through dark valleys. And thousands of years ago, people were still going through dark valleys. And he wrote about it. And those people were carried through by God. And they wrote about it, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And we're going to read one of those passages, one of those sections today, about what going through the valley looks like. You see, in Scripture, honey, can you grab me that water? Thank you. You know, just interrupt. For, there you go. Thank you. See, I reached down for my water and air ball right there. <laughs> you see, when, when we look in Scripture, valleys can represent different things. They can represent a few different things. First, valleys were where battles were fought. And if you've seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies, Picture that right now. It's a valley. You got hills on one side, hills on one side, human armies and orc armies, and they're just about to clash in the middle. Okay? So battles were fought in valleys. 
And some of you right now, you are in a battle. You're in a valley. Also, valleys were often seasons of loneliness. We see in Scripture, people were alone and desolate and separated when they were in the valleys. But what's interesting is also valleys in Scripture were places of growth. See, there's an interesting thing about the valley. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valleys. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, and, and I'm going to talk about that in a couple weeks. So let's, let's never forget the mountaintops, and we may enjoy him on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately. We get to know him in a completely different way in the valleys. And so today I want to look at a passage from the Old Testament. It's out of the book of Psalms. It's Psalms 84. We're going to look at about the first half of it. And Excuse me, this is what's called a pilgrimage psalm. Now, a pilgrimage psalm was a song that, that the Israelites would sing, usually led by, they had their worship leaders, and they were led as they were walking from their towns to Jerusalem. They were making a pilgrimage. And this often, often happened two to three times a year. And they made this pilgrimage, and they had to walk. They, they couldn't take an Uber from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. It just didn't work. Um, so they walked and, and had carts and donkeys, and, and it, was, it was a pilgrimage. And, and so they would sing these songs as they walked. So think of, it, think of it as traveling music. It is the ultimate road trip playlist. And this is one of those songs that create, that formed that playlist. So, and it was, meant, it was meant to encourage people as they had this long, often multi-day walking journey. Eventually knowing they were going to pretty much the greatest place that the Israelites knew of. It would be like me starting a journey right now and walking to the greatest place known to man. In and out. In California. So, but that's what it's like. And so there was so much excitement and anticipation. And we're going out to California this Christmas, and I am already anticipating a double-double, okay? <laughs> I, I, I can taste it in my mouth right now. That's what it was like for these people. Jerusalem was so amazing because that was where God lived. Not metaphorically, literally, the house of God, the home of God was in Jerusalem, and that's where they were going. And this was a song meant to keep people's spirits up and remind them of where they were going. So as you read this, I want you to picture a caravan of people. Here they are, kind of walking through the desert. Maybe a couple guys on, on little lyres. Maybe a pipe. Of course, a bass guitar, you have to have that. And this caravan is walking, and they're singing these words. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home. And the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near the altar 
Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. So now just imagine that to music. I, I will spare all of you my singing rendition of that. There's a reason I am not a part of the worship band. But can you feel it? Can you feel the excitement in them? Can you feel how, how excited the anticipation is building the closer they get, the further up they, they get, the long, gradual hill up to Jerusalem? Closer and closer. They're even jealous of the birds in the rafters of the temple. They're saying, oh man, they have it good because they are near God's presence. Now, I, I think I can manage walking through the desert with encouragement like that, with songs like that. And that's the idea. See, but at this point, the psalm shifts. Because the author knows that pilgrimages, that these walking journeys are long. And sometimes they're lonely. Sometimes they're dangerous. Sometimes they go through the valleys. And so part of this pilgrimage is what do you say to someone who is walking through the valleys? Because you see, it's not all hearts and, and praise and sweet birdies singing. Sometimes pilgrimages are hard and painful. So what do we do in times like that? Well, here's how the passage continues. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Zion was another name for Jerusalem. Um, so it's that, but they, they appear before God in Jerusalem. The Valley of Baca. What is that? What is the Valley of Baca? Well, it most likely refers to a tree. There was a particular type of tree that would ooze out sap. So as you walked by, it would look like this tree is crying. That's why this phrase, the Valley of Baca, in Scripture is translated different ways. Sometimes it's translated the valley of tears. Sometimes the valley of weeping. Sometimes the valley of loss. You see, in ancient times, valleys were dangerous places. Valleys were, you're trapped between two hills. There was really nowhere to go but forward or backwards. And it, you were you're pretty easy prey. The tighter the valley, the easier prey you were for animals to attack, for robbers to come and jump you and take your stuff. That's where robbers attacked because they, they, you knew you just isolated two of the possible exits. So valleys were dangerous places for people to walk through. And it was pretty difficult to get through the valleys without something bad happening. That's why the psalmist says, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Strength is in you, God. Blessed are those people. Happy are those people. So have you ever said to yourself in the middle of something hard, I, I, I just can't do it. I just can't go on. 
I don't have it in me. I'm overwhelmed. I'm exhausted. I'm done. If you've ever been there, you know you're running out of strength. You're just running out of strength. But here's the truth. If you don't know God intimately, what you have is all you have. And we all run out of strength. We all run out of strength. But for those who are Christ followers, we believe there is a strength that is beyond us. We believe that that we have access to a heavenly strength. That's why scripture says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, God. Because at the end of our strength comes God's strength. At the end of our strength comes God's strength. So back in high school and a little bit in college, I was a competitive swimmer. And one of the most grueling drills that we did was, it was a lung, it was a lung capacity drill. And where we would swim, we would have to sprint two lengths of a pool without breathing. Now, for a good swimmer, one length of a pool freestyle without in, taking any breaths, that's pretty doable. Like, for, for a strong swimmer, that's no sweat. Two lengths of a pool, that's rough. And I remember, and I wasn't the greatest sprinter. I was a long-distance swimmer, so these were even especially hard. And I remember doing these where you swim across the first lap, Things are going good. You get halfway through and your lungs are just starting to burn. And they're just burning. And you make it another quarter through. Like the, the, the wall is over there. You can almost get it. But you're just dying right here. Your lungs are burning like anything to take that breath. And I remember, I, I remember doing this where I, I, like I could see the wall. I'm probably a, like 10 yards away and I'm so close, but I can't make it. I just am not going to be able to make it. So I would take giant gulps of water because... Of course, water has oxygen in it. Anyone knows chemistry knows H2O. So if I take giant gulps of water, I'm apparently intaking oxygen. Now, I know that's not great science. But when you're oxygen deprived, <laughs> you are not thinking clearly. But that's what I would do. I would take giant gulps of water to get me through that last 10 yards to hit the wall. And, and that's how I made it. But you know what? When you're going through the valleys and you're running out of strength, you're running out of air. If you are a follower of Christ, you don't have to play mind tricks to yourself. You don't have to gobble pool water thinking you'll get oxygen. You don't have to make stuff up. You have access to a God in heaven and a Holy Spirit inside you that can give you strength to make it that last ten yards. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, God. And that's where it starts. Now he continues this verse. Whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Blessed are you whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Now that little phrase contains a deep spiritual truth. We are all on a pilgrimage. This world, these valleys, this is not our home. Our final destination is an eternity with God in heaven. 
The valley you are in right now is not your home. It is not your final destination. It is not where you set up camp and you live. We're just traveling through. So where is your heart set? Where is your heart set? Is your heart set on the things of this world, the situations, the circumstances you're going through? Or is your heart set on heaven? Is your heart set on a pilgrimage that you're just passing through this world? And if you're a follower of Christ, you can spend an eternity with God. That is your final destination. That's where you set up camp. The next verse begins, as they pass through the valley of Baca. Now notice, notice, did you catch that? It's not as they set up camp in the valley of Baca. It's not as they stay in the valley of Baca. It's not as they sit in their misery and their sorrow and their grief in the valley of Baca. As they pass through the valley of tears. As they pass through the valley of sorrow. When your hearts are set on pilgrimage, you know you're just passing through the worst of your moments, your days of deepest sorrow, you're just passing through. Now, it doesn't diminish the reality of the moment. It, the valley of Baca is still the valley of sorrow and loss and tears. But no, that is not your home. That is not where you set up camp. You are just passing through. Now, sometimes to get to a place where we can really appreciate the power of God and the presence of God, we have to push through a little pain. You see, the valley is the pathway to the place of peace. The valley is the pathway to the place of peace. But you have to pass through it. You can't stay there. Take the time. Grieve well. Feel the depth of the sorrow, but know that you are just passing through. It's not your home. It's not your final destination. There will come a day when you do not feel the sorrow of loss over a family member or a dear friend. You don't feel it as deeply as you do right now. We are only passing through. So this verse continues. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. Autumn rains also cover up the, and cover it with pools. So in other words, when you're in a dry place, what do you do? You make it a place of springs. You build wells. You set out buckets. You prepare for God's presence. You get ready for the autumn rains that God will bring. And you get ready for God's presence. He's going to send the autumn rains to provide water to a dry land. But you have to make it a place of springs and make it a place of wells. So you dig the wells. You place out the buckets. You make room for God's presence. 
you make room for his provision. See, so often in the valley, we push God away. So often we begin to isolate ourselves. We don't want to come to church. Maybe you stop coming to church altogether. You stop, you stop going to life group. You, you start to push away Christian friends and church friends who reach out to you with things like, I'm busy. I'm going through something right now. And you just start pushing people away. See, when we go through the valleys and we, re we react like that, it's like we're covering up all of our wells and we're covering up all of our buckets. So when God's love and God's presence and God's hope and God's healing comes, you can't fall, it doesn't fall into your springs. It doesn't fall into your buckets because you've covered them up because we push God away. That's why I love this phrase. When you're in the valley of Baca, when you're in the valley of tears, you make it a place of springs because God will bring the autumn rain. And you need to be ready for it. God will bring his presence. He will bring his hope. He will bring his healing. So this, this section of the psalm closes with one of the best lines. closes with this verse. They go from strength to strength. Till each appears before God in Zion. So now that's God's promise to every one of you who's going through a valley. That's God's promise that you can go from a little bit of strength to a little bit more strength. To a little bit more strength. To a little bit more strength. To more strength. From strength to strength. That's what the process of healing is like. Yes, God absolutely heals miraculously. But God also heals from strength to strength. And if you're way down here and you feel like you've got no strength, God will give you a little bit of strength and go from strength to strength and build you up as you go forward. Until you stand face to face with him. From strength to strength. Not our strength, but his. You see, that's kind of what happened on that night that I told you about. See, that one night is part of a much bigger picture. As I mentioned, my, my mom had passed away about, about six, seven months prior to that. And I didn't really cry. Um, she, she died from complications from a surgery. It was a, it was it was a it was a risky surgery, but honestly, we expected she would make it through. But we knew there was a chance. But I didn't really cry. We had stuff to take care of. I mean, I did her I did her funeral. Um, I was kind of the only pastor that my family had, and so I did the funeral. And we we had plans we had to arrange. We had stuff we had to go through. We had things to do. And so, so I got strong for my family. And that strength just kind of continued month after month, and I didn't really cry. Which anybody with an ounce of emotional intelligence probably should have seen that is not a good thing. <laughs> like, you probably should cry over losing your mom. <laughs> but I was in a pretty different place back then, and I didn't really see it until this night where I just lost it. 
It was like the dam burst. All those tears that I should have cried decided to come out that night. But an interesting thing happened. From that night on, I began to heal. It still hurt. I still missed her. But I got a little more used to missing her. And the pain was a little less than it was the previous month. And a little less the next month. And God gave me, he brought me from strength to strength. From healing to healing. It was a process of a couple years. But he brought me from strength to strength. And that's what God does when we allow him. When we allow him to join us in the valleys, God is there. You see, here's, here's the truth about valleys. God never says we won't go through the valleys. But you don't have to go through them alone. He never says we won't go through the valleys. But you do not have to go through them alone. And if you're in a valley right now, if you're feeling the sorrow, the loneliness, the anxiety, the depression, you do not have to go through this alone. And if you're in the valley right now, you're only passing through. This is not your final destination. Even if you struggle with depression for the rest of your life, that is a blip. In eternity. This life is not your final destination. You are just passing through. Remember, keep your heart set on pilgrimage. Also remember, keep your heart set on God in the journey. When things go bad, don't push them away. Don't distance yourself. Don't separate. Don't cut yourself off from the places where he can meet you. And he will meet you. Keep your heart set on God. Also remember, God is your strength. You don't have to pull yourselves up by the bootstraps. You don't have to be strong for your family. God is your strength. It's okay to come to the end of your strength. In fact, it's usually a pretty good thing. Because you're open to God in a way you were not before when you were relying on your own strength. So God is your strength, and he will carry you through from strength to strength. And lastly, leave room for God. Leave space in your heart, in your mind, on your calendar. Leave space for God. Leave room for him. Don't cover up your wells and your buckets because you'll just get drier and life will be harder in the valley. Set up the buckets, open up the wells, and be ready for God's presence. See, God didn't meet me that night. And that night and that morning, that was all I could think of. But now when I look back, I see it was part of a bigger picture of his. He needed me to go through the valley because I was avoiding it. He needed me to be there. He needed me to reach out to him. 
and he was faithful to meet me. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's who our God is. God with us and God with you. Join me in prayer. God, you are faithful and you are sovereign. There is nothing that can happen in our lives, in my life, in the congregation's life that can diminish those two facts. So we thank you. We thank you for your continued presence even in the valleys. Lord, and I pray especially for anyone here who is going through a valley, who is feeling the pain and the sorrow. God, you promise that you are close to the brokenhearted. You promise that you will bring us from strength to strength. You have all these promises in Scripture, Lord. So I pray these promises over those people today. Lord, that, that they could feel you. They could sense you in their pilgrimage through the valley. And they could know without a doubt that you are a part of their journey. You are walking with them. You are walking them through. God, I pray for, for anyone here who does not know you. Lord, who, who is running on their own strength. And I pray, speak into their hearts. Speak into their minds. Lord, reach into their souls and let them know how much you love them. And you want to spend an eternity with them. And you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to allow that to happen. We thank you for the gift of Jesus, the baby in the manger that we celebrate this season. Thank you that you are with us. And then in the name of Jesus, that baby, that God with us. And in his name we pray. Amen.